Hey, 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 good people. Yours truly, Rashawn Ali. Welcome to another edition of the Cool Sore Podcast. And with a double dose of the men this week of the bros, the cool brothers. That's right. Joined by nationally syndicated radio personality, Willie Moore Jr., who's a cool bruh of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Had a chance to stop by his radio show yesterday to promote my event that I have going on with my nonprofit, Sporty Girls Incorporated, Get Girls Sporty, which is happening if you're in Atlanta, this upcoming Sunday, March the 25th at Grady High School. And we are encouraging girls on all skill levels, ages 8 to 18, to come and learn about the fundamentals of soccer, golf, lacrosse, tennis. Also, some Zumba and healthy eating station that the girls would visit as well. And your registration includes a t-shirt and lunch. So log on to our website, sportygirlsinc.org. That is sportygirlsinc.org. And now we are joined by Willie Moore Jr., as I previously stated, a cool bro of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, very short, but powerful and I loved it. I loved the conversation. This guy is just really an amazing individual, and I know you will enjoy it as well. Adopted at three months old and has just truly created a stellar life for himself and his family. So please enjoy Flat Out with Willie Moore Jr. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey y'all. I am a cool soror of What's up y'all? I'm a cool soror of Hi, I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali welcome to another edition of the cool sword podcast and today is a very special day because when we have the cool bras on it's always a good time and this is is a very special cool bra my man Willie Moe Jr. who is a cool brother of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated how you doing? Man, I'm doing good, man. God has been good. I had to put God in there right after Kappa because right, I, <laughs> I just left black alumni at Ole Miss about two weeks ago. Oh. And uh, what happened at Ole Miss stays, stays at, Ole Miss. at Ole Miss. Praise God. Yes, but uh, we are. Uh, I'm very <laughs> excited for you to be on the show today. Yeah. Willie Moore Jr., you know, you're a syndicated radio talk show host. You uh, you got clothing lines, you got books, you're doing a a lot of great things. But the thing that I love about you the most is your humility. What has made you so humble throughout your life? My wife makes me very humble. (laughs) When I come into the house after talking to like 10,000 people throughout the weekend, she don't want no motivational presentation when I come in. She want me to take the trash out. She want me to take the socks up. And, you know, like I think sometimes, you know, I would say the creator understands that you need somebody who's going to balance you out yes. versus having somebody that's always there to cheer you on. Because I can only imagine where I would be if I had somebody who's like, you can do it. Go ahead. You're the best. Yeah. Oh, your your butt doesn't stink. Like, But she's there to say, no, you're normal. And these are some things that you can work on. And when you get that type of trajectory and perspective, you can come in and say, you know what? God did it. 
it's nothing so special about me. Yeah. I just serve a supernatural God who allows big doors to, to open, and I just walk in them, and he shows up. Right. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I would beg to differ. There is something very special about <laughs> you, and I think that uh, that uh, type of uniqueness was uh, exemplified in God's work when you were born. And I want to go back to that moment. There she that go. Moment. <laughs> Rashawn, Rashawn, please be from Decatur for like oh, two I'm minutes. A, that's going to come up. So okay. That's going to come okay, up. Okay, cool. But, you know, I do want to go back to that. You, you're very well documented, especially any fans of you and your show know that you were adopted three Three months months old old. um what was your life like you knew no other um life than the life that you had but how was your life growing up when people think of adoption they always have this preconceived notion or may may have a thought that they try to place on someone else but tell us about your upbringing i had an amazing experience i didn't find out i was adopted till i was like seven years old Mm -hmm. and so you know i think i had watched a lot of the drummings like those different strokes and all that so i was real dramatic when i found out i like threw my pizza (laughs) you know like they do in the movies like i'm adopted i like threw my pizza and then went outside like by the trash can and i realized like it stank out there yeah and I was like, I should probably go back in because I needed that pizza. Right. Like, I need to go get my pizza. So I went back in and ate my pizza. And then I realized I didn't really understand what adoption was because at that particular time, like, the only thing I had ever seen adopted was a dog, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, Mama, am I a dog, though? Yeah, like, really? Yeah. When you say adoption, I'm thinking humane society. Like, <laughs> right. am I a dog? And she was like, no, you're not a dog. You're my blessing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I know now that some people get the opportunity to just come through their parents and be with that be with that mother or that father but I was chosen yeah. and I got an opportunity to be with a loving family I thought I was rich till I was like 17 mm-hmm, years old mm-hmm. because everybody else in the I grew up in the hood Ferguson Florida School District the same place where the Mike Brown tragedy yes. happened um I grew up in the hood and I just thought like man we rich but everybody else had like five six kids it was just me right. and my, my mom yeah. and my house uh, but 17 was like wait a minute it's the hood. Mm-mm. You know, I didn't know that because they had such a loving family. I had such a loving family and they worked really, really hard to make sure I could live the life that I live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, growing up in, in St. Louis, I mean, you, you know, the, the Willie Moore that we know now is very yeah. different from that 17 year old, that, that, that person through your 20s. Um, yeah. You were a part of, of, of a rap label and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about that and how you were even introduced to that life and how you transitioned out of it. Yeah, so I got my first record deal at 12 years old. Really? With a group called the Baby Gangsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, like, I thought I was so gangster, oh my, Rashawn. The Baby Gangsters? Oh, the Baby Gangsters. What was your name in the group? I was Lil' Will. I got a tattoo. Oh, okay. One L. Lil' Will. Lil. It's really Lil' Wool on my right, arm. Right. Lil' Wool. That's all it's on. I did one L. Right. Because I couldn't take two L's right. at 13 with the tattoo. Yeah, you weren't supposed Ooh. to be getting a tattoo at 13, by the way. A whole nother story. Yes, okay. It's just like hood, just neighborhood stuff. Right. But, you know, I got my first deal at 12. We were the Baby Gangsters. I was the singer doing my thing and I thought that we about to blow up and go against crisscross and ABC mm-hmm. but it didn't blow up like that it yeah. was just kind of a local thing but we got a chance to be on stages then I got my next record deal in 2001 uh-huh. with Universal Records yes. I was under the same production company that Nelly was was on and they took me right to Universal Nelly sold 30 million records uh-huh. I sold like 30 30 like 30 like 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 20 30 wow i know i honestly think i sold like 130 but that wasn't a lot of records back then uh no it's not a lot of records now so they got me off that label yeah (laughs) quick yeah uh, shout out to avery Littman, still a dear friend of mine over at republic universal but i started my own label came out with a song called lay your body down and we end up selling 123,000 records independently okay and so from then like when you taking eight dollars a record like you're doing really well for yourself you really are sold out stadiums is pretty 
Willie. And then I went to L.A., signed with Warner Brother Records, and I started going to church because I was really smoking too much weed, mm-hmm, Rashawn. Really? Like, just doing stuff that was contrary to who I was. And I said, man, we should go to church. We should go to church one day. Yeah. And then we ended up going to church, and I got more than I bargained for, and I started living for the Lord after, you know, after like two or three years of going back mm-hmm. and forth, and then I got more than I bargained for. What did it feel like when you were starting to change? When did you notice the change in who you were? When I was on stage in Memphis, Tennessee, we rented a club, and I sung Lay Your Body Down, and it was a lot of teens, and it was a door split. I always remember the numbers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is me. So it's like 3,000 people in there, and I think, like, we had a door split. So I just remember, I remember Rod, he had to run out with the money because we had about 13 grand or something, like, in cash yeah. money. That was like our split. So I'm like, run. We had our system, how we do it. And then and before the last song, you got to get out with the cash because you know everybody's going to follow you after you do it because you're the headliner. And I remember looking out there and when Lay Your Body Down came on, which is a very sexual song, like these kids were like grinding. And it was like the Lord that took the veil off of my eyes to let me know that I had more influence and impact than I thought I had. And it scared me. I was like, man, this wasn't for them. This is for grown people. But I seen 13, 15, 17. It was like a high school big time party. And I was like, man, I can't do this. And Mm. I remember all these like, like kids, like 19, 20 years old, they like grabbing me sexually and all that. And I ended up going to the hotel, like wiping myself off. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, I can't do this no more. And that was my final show. Whoa. Uh, that was my last time. Like I never went back. Um, but I'll, I'll do it now. Like I can go do those songs and make fun of myself on mm-hmm, stage. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really fun. But that was just a crazy transition But in my did life. you keep that money though? Uh, every dime. <laughs> you hear me? Every 20. Right. And then you know that 50. Right, right. Oh, and you know what the funny thing is? We made so much money, but we spent so much yeah. money because you got a squad. And I'm like a very giving person. Mm-hmm. So if we go to the mall, that's like 10. We're going to spend it. Like, mm-hmm. and we're going to go get it again the, the next weekend. That was just my trajectory at that time. Yeah. But thank God for Jesus. Yeah. So did when you told your team, I know people looked at you like, well, you going to do what? Yeah. Well, you know what? I always, you know, every rapper or singer had that one inspirational song on uh-huh, their album. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we got to get one to God, bro. Right, right, we right. got to get one to God, you know bro. He, he, he deserve he, it hey, all. He deserve it all, but we're going to give him this one. So I would often do more than one for the album. And so, you know, if I'm making singing songs, you know, it's going to be a lot of girls. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to be a lot of fun. But if I do the, the church song, they'd be like, oh, Willie on his Kurt Franklin tonight. Right. Willie on his Bobby Jones tonight. And no disrespect to Kirk or, or them, but like I wasn't, I was like, hey man, don't say that. Like, yeah. it was almost making fun. And I think if I wasn't around people who made fun of what I thought was the right thing to do, I may have may have done it a lot quicker. Um, but you know, they left me. Everybody was like, you know, I'm good. Like, yeah. you know, and I was by myself. All I had was my wife. And so now when people see my wife and I, they're like, man, y'all do everything together. Y'all fight together, love together. I'm like, yeah, she my rock. She held me down when everybody else left. Yeah. 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 So what was that transition like? I mean, you and your wife were were literally alone. You had, used to have all these people around you, lots yeah. and lots of money. Yeah. So talk about the loneliness and then the walk yeah. toward the light. You know, I just thank God I had a few friends that I got during the way that really spoke into my life, but I went through it all. Like I lost the Range Rover. I lost like the house. I was living in the basement of my mother-in-law's home after I've been on my own since I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Here I am like 27 years old without a dime to my name, living in the basement of my mother-in-law's home with two kids. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like two kids. I, I had a 15, well, I have a, um, I have a mother of my child mm-hmm. and then I got my new baby with my wife mm-hmm. and then child support still hitting. And I'm just like, Lord, like, I'm trying to do the right thing and the yeah. wrong thing keeps happening. And I decided to start doing YouTube and just being transparent the way that I, you know, do it the way that I do it. 
And the next thing I know, the first one I did about Whitney Houston, I woke up the next morning, it was on World Star, and 337,000 people had watched. Mm. And uh, I just kept doing those YouTubes, and then I built a clothing brand around it. And then I looked up, and we we were we were back moving the way we were supposed to after we transitioned. But moving with purpose. Yeah, moving with purpose, and it feels so much better. Yeah. Because now I don't have to direct you to me. I de- I like I get a chance to direct you to the creator. And so when I'm not there, he's there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you sing in those type of songs, it's only for a moment. But I'm giving them an opportunity to be introduced to some something that could change your life here and later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's cool. Yeah. So when did you, um, when did radio come into the play? Obviously you were doing radio type yeah. work via YouTube, but when did you say there's something even bigger than this? Well, in 2002, I started doing radio. I had Pretty Radio locally in St. Louis. Okay. So it was Pretty Radio on Sundays from like 4 to 7. It's like, check your mirrors, Pretty Willie on the radio. Yeah. And Nelly and them, they had their show on another station. Uh So we were at the same time. It was like this big battle. Really? Yeah, I ended up winning. Uh Uh-huh. And they quit. What? And I kept going. And so that was my first introduction to radio. Shout out to Ron Scott, Def Jam Records. Rest in peace to him. He told me that my universal deal wasn't going to work. He was like, man, they ain't paying enough people. You know, they're not doing the right thing with the money, the production company. He said, but you can learn radio. Like, I think you're charismatic enough to do mm-hmm. radio. And he said, what I want you to learn is I want you to learn the business of radio. So if you learn the business, you can always, you know, pump your radio, your your uh, your records. Mm-hmm. And so I learned, like, BDS and how to, when they do call out, I'm like, hey, I got a record. I wasn't just saying, I got a record. Mm-hmm. Lay your body down. I'm like, no, I got a record. It's testing 103 PTL. Like, I'm, I'm talking and talk to them. And they're like, dude, this dude's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know. No, it was good and then the white stone kind of swooped me up he had a weekend show and i'm like the comic relief yeah <laughs> like hey it's good and i remember when another guy was at in the slot i asked Derek harper it's like man you think i can you think i can audition for that he was like man you know just do the weekend god gonna give you your shot mm-hmm. and the, the guy after he vacated they gave me an audition and glory to god like i had the opportunity to do it because i never had no real job so when they offered me the opportunity, I didn't even know the ebbs and flows of HR and all that. There's yeah. like, how many days you want off? I was like, 50. Like, what do you mean? Like, I, <laughs> 50. Yeah. And my management was like, no. we have to manage your expectations because <laughs> I didn't know the ebbs and flows of jobs. I've never I've never had a nine to five job mm-hmm. in my life. Like, I never had that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome because I remember hearing you. Like, I was like, I like him. And like, you know. <laughs> in a weird way. Like, yeah, who like, is he? What is this guy? But I would hear it, you know, like when it was we, the night was it um, nightly spirit, yeah. nightly spirit, and and then you got the opportunity. When did the syndication part happen? So it was already syndicated oh, with the nightly pre- spirit. Oh, it was okay. Okay, got you. And then they transitioned me to the uh, to the afternoons. Yes. Now this is the funny story. I'm riding in Buckhead and I stop at Starbucks. And so I had just finished some speaking engagement. I think it was like a John Maxwell leadership mm-hmm. something. And they brought me in to kind of empower some students or some leaders. And I ended up going to Starbucks and they called me. It's like, well, Willie, we got good, we got news. I was like, what kind of news? It's like, man, we're going to move you to afternoons. And I was like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> like, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't know that, that was a big deal? Yeah, I didn't know it was a big deal. And like, it was like, and then I started saying it like, like the trades and all this other stuff. And I had to call Matt, which who was acting management at that time. And I was like, hey, did we do something wrong, bro? Like, because, you know, did I do something? He's like, no, you get a chance to touch more people on the air. And this was like number 10 on my thought list of terms of what I was going to do in, with my life. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord accelerated this. And I said, well, Lord, you told me that I was going to be a speaker. You told me that I would empower people. And he told me I'm going to show you how to get to your points quicker. Mm-hmm. And so now I get 
a lot of money to go speak because I get to my points quicker than pastors. Yeah. And quicker than most of the leaders because I get an opportunity to practice every day. Every single day. I was yeah. just in another uh, radio interview um, earlier today and they were talking about TV, like the foundation you get from radio. <laughs> yes, gosh. I feel like I can do anything. <laughs> right, right. I really feel like I can do anything. Anything. Like, yeah. How long I got? Yeah. Got you. Oh, that's, like, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, 15 seconds? Oh, that's eternity. I got to Give it a script. They're like, oh my God, one shot Rashawn. You're yeah, right. right. Got you. Got gotcha. you. But radio gives you that foundation. That's how me and Eric Thomas got, got cool. He's an amazing speaker. Yes. Dr. Eric Thomas, my brother. Like, I traveled with him last year. And the first time he brought me out to speak for his marriage thing, he gave me 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I got finished in 29 seconds, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Whoa. He was like, I've never brought anybody on the road with me who stayed true to time and stayed true to themselves. You with me for life, bro. Wow. And I was like, thank you for radio. Yeah. Do you <laughs> do you. courses? Do you do courses on helping people learn their voice and speaking? I don't, but it's a really great idea. Maybe that's a business you and I start. And I mean, we can do it online. Why not? I was actually going to be one of your students. I have a big, like, the thing about me speaking is that I'm really great at it. Yeah. But, like, you know, some of these big corporations want your format and they want yeah. this and that and the other. So I just want to, you know, just kind of get that down. So maybe we, we, let's talk offline about that. Let's let's get it. And I love the Rashawn. Yeah. And I like the Kata Rashawn, too, guys. If you ever get a chance to meet her, she is amazing. Thank too. you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. What, man? Wait, wait. <laughs> let me try. Let me ask you something else, though. So when the Fall of 1999, you became a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yeah. Uh, did Kappa Alpha Psi choose you or did you choose Kappa Alpha Psi? You know what? And when I was in high school, and I always say this and the bros get mad, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to be a Q. <gasps> but I didn't know what a Q really was. I just remember all the football dudes would, would score a touchdown and they would throw that sign up. Right. I didn't know the sign meant Omega. I thought it meant touchdown. Oh, Let's my God. Please it, tell me you didn't just go around throwing it up. High school the whole time. The whole team, though. White dudes, black dudes, it didn't matter. Just like, throwing it up. We had one black guy on the team, Sean Ball. He had the best hook ever. Like, he's a white. We didn't know. Like, yeah. the college dudes were doing that. But when I went to college and I seen them boys at Meet the Greek, Ooh. I seen them boys come out in red throwing up the, like, the yo sign. I thought it was a blood sign because right. I ain't got people in my family that's really Greek except right. a couple uncles. And I was like, yo, I want to be one of those. Mm -hmm. and, and I was... I was hooked. I was like, yo, what are they doing? Like, what does that mean? They had yeah. that cane. I seen them girls. <laughs> I was like, hey, we got to do that. Right. Like, who are they? Yeah, who are they? <laughs> we about achievement. We about, I was like, me too, bro. <laughs> I was so green. Yeah. So yeah. Green. What, what made you choose the University of Mississippi? Um, you know what? I had an opportunity to go to a lot of different schools because I was like a state champion in track and field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but my dad, who adopted me, um, he didn't get an opportunity to go to Ole Miss because of the color of his skin. And so a lot of people thought I was nuts for going to Ole Miss instead of KU or Texas. But I chose Ole Miss because my dad couldn't go. And I don't even know if he really wanted to go, but I wanted to get the education for free and, and just to kind of pay homage to my dad to like, hey, you couldn't do this, but I get an opportunity to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he? I know he was super proud. Yeah, first he time I ever seen him tear up. He like a tough guy. Yeah. But when I went to the library, put that hat on and said Ole Miss, like he was like, Man, wow, you did it. Because I didn't, like, my daddy knew he couldn't really pay for college or mm -hmm, nothing. Mm -hmm. So I had to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. Did you yeah. run track all four years? Uh, Yeah, I ran all four, three years. Three I ran years. three years. And by my sophomore year, I was, like, top 10 in the state. And then by my senior year, we were, like, top 20 in the United States. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Do you run now? To, to... to work out. I probably couldn't run fast if you paid me. Yeah. I probably couldn't run too fast right now. Them, <laughs> them uh, I pull everything. Yeah, Achilles, tendons. Hamstrings, quads. All of it. 
Yeah, it was a tough ride. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Ole Miss, though. I love them. Absolutely. And, you know, you can be very quiet about your um, your life, and but now you're an advocate for adoption. Tell, yeah. tell everybody what exactly you are doing in that space. So with adoption, it's near and dear to me, but it's such a gloom and doom subject for some people. But I'm just displaying a lot of amazing stories about adoption. So um, coming up here towards the end of the year, there's a new documentary that we're producing. It's called Hashtag In My Case, mm-hmm. In My Case. And so we get a chance to talk to Kirk Franklin, Tiffany Haddish, Willie Mo Jr., Janai Thornton. Yes. And we're just telling our stories, just story of success, um, perseverance. So that's something big. And then we're awarding 500 to 1,000 children this uh, year with suitcases. Okay. Because many of our foster kids, when they go into these new homes, they have trash bags and boxes. Yeah. And so we've teamed up with Jordan and a few other amazing people to do this amazing, like, love box hashtag in my case. And we're going to be able to give those suitcases to these uh, orphans, if you would, mm-hmm. and make sure that they know that somebody loves them in the hardest transition of their life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not only are you doing that, I mean, you have the, the T-shirt line and all yeah. of that. Like, t- tell me more about that. I know, I know, I kind of know what you're doing in that space, but yeah. not in its totality. Yeah, so we came out with the Young Fly and Save T-shirt, yes. and that thing did well. That was like our lifeline. And now we're on this new Believe campaign. Preferably Crystal are kind of partnering with me mm-hmm. with this because my life has just become, like, so, so busy in terms of, like, working, working, working towards this adoption brand but I, but ultimately the goal for the believe brand is just branding a country of people to believe what they believe but they also believe that 114,000 kids will have homes and we can like change this system it's not like cancer it's not like a big business like if one church in every city do what they're supposed to do we can end this epidemic tomorrow right yeah, 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 yeah. that's great so Willie you know you're doing so many things the end yeah. all be all for yeah. you what yeah. is it? Um. I think that's like three tiers. So with God, like I just prayed that I'm a guy who walks in the integrity that represents God. Like that's my biggest fight every single day. I don't want to talk one way and live another Mm -hmm. like because that's fake to me. And I'm like, you know, I got God and then I'm from the hood. So you can't be fake where I'm from. You know what I mean? So I want to be true to God. And then as far as my family, I always want to make sure that I keep my legacy intact to make sure that my boys know that you can walk with God, live in integrity, make money, and not have to walk around saying, I need an offering or take Mm -hmm. anything from somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, you can come with books. You can come with T-shirts. And I want to make sure that if the Lord allows us to have our own church, I want to be the person who gets the biggest offering every single Sunday because of the products that he's blessed me with that I was able to create. And then in terms of business, um, you know, we on our way. (laughs) You know what I mean? We making a few dollars now, but I just want to be able to kind of brand these companies that we're starting right now and, uh, and also teach entrepreneurship. Like we don't, we live in a country where we get an opportunity to do stuff that many people can't. And so many people are lazy. They don't take advantage of the 86,400 seconds we have every day. And that bothers me. So, you know, I'm just a stickler on time, but, but who knows? Like whatever the Lord want to do, I'm with it. Just in this season, I'm focused on adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Last question. Your definition of cool. Uh, Willie J. Moore, my, uh, my my dad, 86 years young. If you ask him today, um, how you doing? He'll say, I never had it so good. Yeah. You want to know why? And he'll start spitting that game to you, like, because I ain't never did this. I ain't never did that. You want to hear my 20-year plan. That's right. how he in it. Yeah. And so if you count 20 years, that'll make him 106. That lets you know that every single day he looking forward to something new. Wow. And he definitely passed that on to you. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Willie Moore Jr., your that time cool. today. No, thank you, Rashawn from yes. Decatur. Eastside. And Sister Circle. Yeah. And uh, shoot, all these new things you about to do. I'm just glad to know you early. Oh, glad man. Out. You know, it's all good. Yeah, no doubt. Thank, thank you, you for so the opportunity. Much. Oh, my pleasure. Willie Moe Jr., everybody. Woo!
Hey, what's going on, family? It's Willie Moore Jr., syndicated radio host and Patricia's husband, Peyton, Khalil, and Princeton's dad, and more importantly, a child of God. And I'm a cool brother from Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Flat out. I'm a Kappa man, highly in demand. Diamonds in the sky, five new pie.